All right. There we go. Welcome to the Nerd Trek Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We are going to be talking about the uh, Galileo 7. <laughs> Silence. All right. Well, let's go and read that one. <laughs> really? Right. Sorry. I have I have a drink. Gas had built up. It's how it works. You don't have a mute button? Wow. There's no manners here at all. I don't know if I should leave that in or not. Anyways, welcome to the Nerd Trek Podcast. Uh, the Thank you for joining us. We are here talking about the Galileo 7, episode 16 of the original series. Um, original air date, January 5th, 1967. Uh, it's our episode 16 as well. Uh, I'm Jeff. Thanks for joining us. I'm here with two other fellows, Phil. Hey there. And David. Aloha. All right, then. <laughs> Sometimes with you, I just never know what to say. So I'm like, all right. It's like having another uh, howdy, howdy, people. <laughs> Hello, you, out there in podcast land. You be you, man. You be you. What's up? <laughs> All right. So we will be talking about the Galileo Seven. Like I said, this was um, the sixteenth episode. Get a couple good things in this one. This was actually um, supposed to be because this was filmed or made uh, before a menagerie and even though we saw the shuttlecraft in a menagerie it was actually built for this one for the Galileo 7 um actually just watched a thing on netflix called um the toys that made us they talk about Trek and all the their merchandising and toys and and the whole series they they, they take a certain thing and they talk about the toys about that show or whatever it is what i learned from it is that um the company uh AMT was a toy company and they wanted the rights to the Star Trek uh, licensing for, for the toys. So in exchange, they agreed to build the shuttlecraft. Um, now it's like a three quarter size shuttlecraft. So you always see them like squatting to get into it, but they built that. And then in turn, they got all the licensing for it. And it actually, they made like a bunch of really cool models um, back in the sixties that you oh, can get for it. So. So, so they actually built like inside and outside a three quarter scale model of it. And then the, that's what they're using in the shooting. Yeah. I so always the, just assumed it was a plywood one. set like anything else. Well, it probably is made of plywood, but they actually, they, they built and designed the, the shuttlecraft and then in turn they got the license. So they did that for free and then they got other licensing to make the toys. That's a decent trade. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, they still built all, like almost a full size shuttlecraft. That's, well, that's what I'm, I just mean inside and outside. So, like, the, there are outside scenes where we see the shuttlecraft. Oh, okay. That's all one thing. Those are, those are probably well, those different. Are, those are typically six, 164th models or 132nd models, depending on. Well, not, no, sorry, not the flying one, the actual prop one that they're going in and out of. That's what they built. The right. prop one for like space, that's probably, that's, that's like a miniature. Well, no, yeah. That, that's what I meant when it's landed and they're going in and out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, the actual stationary shuttle. So that's right. what I meant. Like they built the inside and the outside. A lot of the times they'll just show inside and then show outside and have two different things. I don't know if they built the inside because the inside is definitely a set because you don't ever yeah. see the camera go from like like you see them exit and go into it, but you don't see like the the yeah the way detail. the camera angles are. You don't yeah exactly. That's, that's what I was right. curious about. Oh god, they built the exterior shell of it. Are are you happy now, David? Jeez. Yeah. Only because you sound annoyed. All the time. Oh. If I'm talking to you, I probably sound skin. annoyed. You're so good at that. <laughs> Anyways. Ouch. All right. Um, quick, uh, at the top of the thing, what do you guys think about this episode from the start, Phil? 
Um, yeah, definitely much better episode than what we've had recently. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's funny to see all of them sitting in the shuttlecraft, like straight in a line, like the yeah. six or eight of them or whatever in the shuttlecraft. It's, it's pretty funny. Seven. Uh, it's the gallery is it, seven. is it an odd number? Is it se- <laughs> oh, wait. Hmm. How about that? Uh, no, I, that's okay. I, I don't to. mind. I don't mind. Um, yeah, but the only thing that that threw me at first, which made me immediately roll my eyes, was Galactic High Commissioner Ferris. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> immediately so threw my names. head back. My, I think you could see the whites of my eyes only. My hip eyes are so far back in my head. So, other other than that, than this Galactic High Commissioner breathing down Kirk's neck the whole time. Yeah, uh, yeah it it was a good episode. It was very Spock focused, which I think mm-hmm. kind of reflected his um, Spock's character popularity right. and having a more Spock centric episode, if that's a thing. Um, no, but, uh, yeah, which no, I enjoy. Right. I, I, I enjoy the Spock character, so no problem with me. Yeah, uh, no, uh, yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. They actually, he was growing in popularity and they're like, let's do a Spock centric one. And so that's why they did it. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely, Good episode for me. So, cool, Dave. I thought it was okay. Kind of middle of the road. It's not the best one that I've most enjoyed. Probably five or six on the Devo meter. Um, mm-hmm. So not terrible. It's definitely not as bad as Shore Leave was or Conscience <laughs> of the King. God forbid. But no. yeah, it's it's it was okay. I enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you guys. I mean, this is a middle of the road episode. Not it's not crap, but it's not you know I'm not jumping up and down for it. But I, it was a, it was a, a a decent solid episode. Um, I did like because you're we're because I, I think as of up till now with as far as Spock, you know, we get tidbits about him. There's like, you know, some racism towards him um, from Bounce of Terror. And because, of course, Kirk a lot and of racism is, towards him. Yeah. And then Kirk that's, and McCoy, well, McCoy crunch. especially always kind of makes fun of him being a Vulcan. But I think we definitely see in this episode like no let's 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 get to know him a bit more and kind of his process and being logical. And so I I did like that. You're getting some more. Uh, character development on on him. Yeah, and that Bones Spock interaction, I've always kind of take to be more good natured than anything. Him yeah. joking, oh, you and your your green blooded blah 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 Vulcan. It, it's to me it just been like good good natured ribbing kind of thing. I've never really oh, took yeah. it as anything disparaging or as good oh, natured no, I, as McCoy gets. He's kind of a grumpy Gus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I I completely agree. <laughs> it's it's like David trying to get underneath my skin. He's just trying to like trying to egg him on. So no, I I completely agree. It's just <laughs> him kind of teasing him, saying I am um, the McCoy to your Spock, or to yeah, your. But I, but I like just... McCoy. <laughs> Solid oh, burn. burn, burn. I feel like there's, there's some comments sounds? in there about emotionless people and Spock, but I'm I'm not gonna go there. Uh-huh. I'm not logical. <laughs> um, I'm not emotional. Anyways. <laughs> hey, you you talk to me after a day of work, and then like there's I'm burnt out, man. Um, all right. That's Anyways, <laughs> back back to the episode. <laughs> so yeah, the premise of this one is um, they're en route to Makus Three with a cargo of medical supplies, um, and but which is so okay. So they're trying to to deliver these much needed medical supplies, but then they go, oh, we found a quasar. And Kirk says, well, it's my, I have a standing order to always go investigate quasars. I'm like, dude, if you're trying to develop medical supplies, I think you can detour, drop those off, and come back and see the quasar. 
he says that they're that they're meeting a rendezvous and they're going to be there in three days and the other people that are meeting them aren't going to be there for six so he has a three-day gap to get there but still well no but that's why he can't just go drop them off and come back because he's meeting a ship he can't just like drop them in space and then come back and hope that they're floating there no go to the planet drop them off where they're supposed to go and then come back not just dump dump them in space yeah that quasar's not going anywhere it's yeah. yeah We're talking so, about a fairly military-esque vehicle. They run on a schedule. They don't. They you don't change plans like that all of a sudden. So it was meeting a ship that it was going to hand them off to that was taking it the rest of the way. All right. I'm I'm just saying it's it's more important I would think to do the medical supplies than to go look at a star or a quasar. I don't know what a quasar is. I have no idea. We need a scientist on here because I don't know what what a quasar is. Um, so that's, yeah. And there is the galactic high commissioner Ferris. So he's the one in charge of this and he's the one through, he's kind of the, 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 the antagonist throughout the episode constantly reminding us and Kirk that, Oh, you have a timeline, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You have a timeline. So the only thing I could think why you'd want to check out a quasar is because they usually have black holes in them. Oh, so So let's send people into it. Yeah. So a, a quasar is a massive and extremely remote celestial object emitting exceptionally large amounts of energy and typically having a star-like image in scope. It's been suggested that they often contain massive black holes and may represent a stage in the evolution of some galaxies. Okay. So it's a science-y thing. Yeah. So basically I, it's a yeah, it's a black hole with masses science. raging to millions to billions of times the mass of the sun surrounded by a gaseous accretion disk. So it's an explosion with gas around it. So it's like when I fart. It's like me on the inside. Yeah. Echo boom. Okay. All right. All right. So that's so that's what they're gonna do. So they're diverting to go do that. Um, okay. So this is where we get get the Galileo Seven in. Is that uh, they're gonna send out a crew to go look at this, and it's there are seven of them, which is okay. So later on in in the episode, we see that the the Enterprise can goes into the Quasar itself. So I'm like, well, if the whole ship can go in, why are you just sending a shuttlecraft? So they yeah. they send the Galileo shuttlecraft in, and there's seven crew. You've got Spock, McCoy, Scotty, um, and then some other crewmen: Latmer, uh, Galano, and Boma, and then a yeoman. And so my get, next, oh sorry. But, well, no, and well, I was I... thinking my my next thought is like, okay, if this is a very scientific study, why are you sending Dr. McCoy? He's not a scientist; he's a doctor. Why are you sending a yeoman? She's not doing like any kind of research. And then you send Scotty because he's an engineer; he's not doing any scientific studies. So I'm like, are they are they useful for this? Well, not even that. So okay, so McCoy, I get doctor on the mission in case somebody gets hurt he's there. It's kind of like a field medic. I get that one. You're right; the yeoman makes very little sense, but. Scotty is their, not only just an engineer, he's their chief engineering officer. He's their head engineer. Why do they keep sending their chief engineer out on all this stuff? <laughs> mm-hmm. He's got to have an apprentice, somebody you can send along who's <laughs> might well, the be same, capable. Same thing for McCoy, send a nurse. So well, they don't, let's, well, they let's don't really send... show any. He seems to be the only doctor for, in, in fact, I would say that on every Star Trek show, I don't think I've ever seen more than one doctor on board, right? There's, there's a head doctor. Yeah, there's there's always a a, a medical staff. So mm. like on Next Generation, Dr. Crusher is the chief medical officer, so we see her the most. But there's also Dr. Salar, who's a Vulcan doctor, mm. um, oh, okay. and, and a couple of others that are part of the staff. We just yeah. may not see them all the time. And then there's cool. all the nurses and stuff. Right, like uh, Keiko. Yeah, Nurse Keiko. 
all that no, stuff. So. I'm sorry, Keiko was not a nurse. Keiko I apologize. Was a botanist, yeah. She was a botanist. Um, but no, yeah, no, you're exactly right. Because I I work in the medical field, so it's like you have multiple doctors or nurses, but you typically have like a head of the the department. Yeah, like a department so, head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's a McCoy or Crusher or um, or a Bashir. So that's they're the head, and yeah. obviously you have to have multiple people on staff for different shifts. Or like, what if Doctor Crusher gets killed? Then you have backup doctors. Um, all right, so they're the ones that are on this. So they're in the shuttlecraft Galileo. They're going into the Quasar to go investigate it. Um, shit goes south. There's an electromagnetic phenomenon that messes with it. Uh, because it's Star Trek? Yeah, it's Star Trek. So they crash well, it land on Quasar. It emits a ton of energy. So. Yeah. Yeah. so they make an emergency landing on Taurus 2. Um, they know nothing about it. So they land there, Spock's in charge, and this is where, again, we're getting this kind of Spock's first, like, command away mission. Yeah. Yeah. So they crash land, Scotty's trying to make attempts, and I think that's that's why they have Scotty on, because they he's got to repair shit. Yeah, it's just logically, I'm like, send another engineer. I mean, I get why they have an I engineering know. person in case some shit breaks, but... But not Scotty. Like, yeah, don't send like... three of your senior officers on one mission. Yeah. Which is what TNG does all the time, but... Except for the uh, captain, yeah, right. That's yeah, the main send difference. and data. Yeah. yeah, card never goes. No, it's true. Um, so they, so he starts to uh, do repairs. Spock sends Latimer and Galano out, and um, so they start kind of rummaging around. But even from the start, they start giving Spock shit. Like they're making comments about him, like you should do this or you're too logical. You should. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, there's, there's the the chain of command on this is just crappy like there's no respect for spock they, they for give how military the entire episode yeah for how military the whole vessel is supposed to be they do have a lot of this where they're like and it makes me wonder is like a real submarine just kind of like that because gene roddenberry no. obviously had first-hand experience with I, the military and such or is it just that makes better tv kind of a thing it's a tv <laughs> thing and i think they're also showing kind and we kind of see this in first contact a bit the uh the the right. lack of regard that humans have for the Vulcans and vice versa. Um, there's well, definitely some some racism stuff going on there. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I, but I think it is more of a, of a TV thing because I mean, a balance of terror. They're giving him shit, or some of the of the other episodes that keep questioning Kirk all the time. I'm like, dude, you get like sl- slapped around if you don't pay attention and follow orders. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Everybody's but, always like, oh, I can't believe you trust this Vulcan. I don't right. know. Yeah. Uh, okay, so they're out kind of scouting around. Kirk sends another uh, shuttlecraft out, the Columbus, to go help search this planet because um, they can't. Their their sensors are a crap. So Ferris, uh, Galactic High Command Ferris, keeps <laughs> nudging Kirk. He's like, "Oh, you have to go." He keeps counting down at him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's um, he's the wife at the door tapping her watch. We gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs> it's time to go. Come on, to go. Not ready. Wrap right. it up. Yeah. So this is when we start to see Spock is with his logic. You know, he's starting to think, well, this is what we should do. Um, and Boma is kind of the main and an antagonist of it. He's the one who just like gives him shit most of the episode. Yeah. Um, they start to do some repairs. Scotty says, like, oh, we can fix it, but we may not take off and we may have to leave, or we will have to like drop three hundred pounds out of the ship. And so Boma's like, was, well, what? I think it was 500 because it was supposed to equal about three men's worth at about 150 to 175 pounds a piece. That'd be about 500. 
Yeah. So but yeah, yeah it, so they're going to have to leave someone behind. They're saying, yeah, we're going to have to leave at least a couple of people behind unless we can dump something. Right. But later so, they come back and they find some stuff to toss and then they're down to like one person and he's like, all right, we'll leave somebody behind. Yeah. So, yeah. So Bum was like, oh, we should draw straws. And like Spock's like, no, we're going to make a logical decision on this. Um, but so the other two crew go out scouting. They hear some strange noises, um, which is they run back and then a freaking giant spear <laughs> gets like launched out of by this like nine foot tall creature. Uh, it attacks two of them and then Latimer gets hit by it and he he, he dies. Um, and then. Death. Yeah, so this is a death, but I think if I'm correct, he is a gold shirt. That's right. Yeah. He's not a red shirt. Yeah, there's he's no a red gold shirt. shirt. Yeah, there's no red shirt deaths. Um, so he dies, and then the other guy, Galano, runs back and like reports it. Firing I do have his to ask, though, when he said we have to leave somebody behind, or they hinted at that, was I the only one who was like the yeoman? <laughs> like, if you're gonna make a logical decision, I'm just—I mean, obviously, well, that's is, kind of the whole part the of the episode, episode the heartlessness in, so. of it. But yeah. I'm like, of all the people that are on there, she's the least important, I would think. Well, but the the thing is, too. Okay, so obviously, well, so before them being attacked, they don't know if there's any creatures on this planet. So to me, it would be like, oh, we're gonna leave you behind, go get help, and come back and get you. Like, it's not a death sentence yet. We don't know that. Yeah. Right. Um. So that that was kind of my vibe. I mean, I but then obviously the now that there's is, these... yeah, the yeah, logic it's... before they meet those people would be who could survive their best until we come back was the best chance of survival. Yeah, That's right. true. But yeah, but but now it's Probably like oh, there are these other creatures. Oh no, she would be freaking <laughs> eaten or something in like a minute. Big monkey men, big monkey men. Yeah, and and we never see their faces. We they're like nine feet tall. We just like see their their backs. Um, so he drives the the uh, the aliens away. Find goes back and finds Spock and Boma. Um, then this is where we kind of get him some crap about like, oh, we have to do a burial, and it's you know all this. And Spock's like, well, that's not very efficient. We're not mm-hmm. gonna do this. Um, and they keep like nudging him, and the, and but I I kind of side with Spock on this. Like if you're in oh, a, yeah. in an emergency situation, you're trying to save everyone. You're like, no, no, no. We're going to skip the yeah. funeral. Yeah, you're under attack by a random force, and you want to do a funeral and everything and bury the guy. And, like, come on, give me a break. Yeah, say a few words. Like, no, that's not how this works. And then of, and then what he says with McCoy, or he's, he tries to delegate it to McCoy. He's like, no, you should do it because you're the commanding officer. And you're like, he's like, no, I don't have time for this shit. I, I have to save everyone. Yeah. So, so I totally side with Spock on that. Yeah, which is how it should I, be. Right. Yeah, I'd say I line up in there too because funerals are important, but you have a service for them later on the ship or something once you're away. You don't necessarily have to have the body to have a service for them. The funerals yeah. are never for the person who died. Yeah, you know? it's always for the survivors. It's yeah. Well, yeah. and in this case, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Or yes. the one in this case. I like so. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I totally get Spock on that one. Um, yeah, so the Enterprise is still trying to, they don't have sensors, no transporters, they can't do anything, um, and they, Kirk's brought the Enterprise to, to the planet, which again, I'm yeah. like, if you're, if you're setting a quasar, and the ship could have done this, why are you sending a small shuttlecraft? Just bring the ship in. It, I guess, yeah, I, I mean, I get, I get sending in a shuttlecraft first, it's a probe, you're taking a look, and if for some, uh, that's why it falls back to like, why are you putting so many senior members on this thing, because the idea would be, if it gets destroyed or something, then it shouldn't be a huge loss, but he put three major people on it, so. Yeah, right. Usually, captain, usually the whole ship gets sent in, though, because it's got more capability, 
more personnel, mm-hmm. more resources to be able to deal with issues. Yeah, and so they, they figure they out what planet they're on. Yeah. They figure out what planet they're on just because it's an M-class planet, and they're like, well, they have to be there or they're dead. <laughs> like, yeah, they don't know that they got there. They don't have any yeah. reason to think they're there it's other than, well, we're hoping they're alive. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so they're there. They're searching for them, but it's it's slow going, and you know, obviously, they're trying to map an entire planet. Um, and so yeah. So back in the shuttlecraft, McCoy and the Yeoman, um, they got rid of some equipment. They say, oh, we we found this. Maybe saved us like 150 pounds. Like, okay, two, well, we're still going to have to leave cardboard boxes. Mm, this weighs yeah. a ton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's interesting, because I think they, so, okay, so so before they get rid of that equipment and before the crewman dies, I think that they do say we have to roughly get rid of, of about the weight of two people. Okay, well, you got rid of some equipment, so that gets rid of one person, Three and people. someone died, and then someone died, so I'm like, well, that's two right there. So that's yeah, it was three I people. Mean, that had, it was 500 pounds, the equivalent weight of approximately three men. One three? died, and yeah, one died, and they were able to find enough to get rid of another, and that's why he was like, okay, well, we still are going to have to dump somebody, basically. Okay. But I won't, I like, even in the episode when he gets hit by the something. spear, I'm like, hey, there's one down. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, well, that made that choice easy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now you just got to leave leave one person. Okay. Well, that's I think easier. he even said that he's like that helps with the decision. Like he makes some oh, kind yeah. of comment yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, Spock made that backhanded thing. I was like, whoa. <laughs> it's not it's easier. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe not helping with the, the whole morale problem there. Oh, well. yeah. But but he's being logical about it. He's like, no, this saves us on on weight. Someone died because they want to try and bring the bodies back. He's like, nope, that's not happening. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I get that's why then they're like, oh, let's make a funeral. But uh, I, like you said, I'm right with Spock. I'd be like, eh, we'll have a funeral for him back on the ship. But he doesn't even say that. He's like, nope, funeral, nope, peace. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then I think at this point, too, this is when they're they're all out of fuel. But then Scotty said, or... or well, uh, something breaks and the fuel he, leaks. Yeah. He's out a way to rig the phasers, though. Right. Yeah, so he's going to transfer... Yeah, he's going to transfer the energy out of the phasers into. So basically, they have to give up their defenses against these creatures to help shuttle or power the shuttle. I don't know if you noticed, but but quote unquote transferring it was pulling the trigger and firing the phasers into whatever it is that's collecting the energy. Hey, whatever yeah. works to discharge the energy. Yeah, he just takes it. He's like, like it's oh, okay. science, David. It's science. Science. So they're so. So they give up some of theirs, like like McCoy and the Yeoman give up theirs, because obviously they're not using it. They're both useless. None um, of them wanted to, though. They were all like, oh, it's the only way out of here, but I don't want to give up my gun. Yeah, I know, like, but, but the Yeoman and McCoy aren't doing anything. Oh, I I agree with you, but they were hesitant to do it. Like, ah, right. all right, fine. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so then Spock, so they can't fight him. He says, well, let's just go like kind of scare them a bit, and then Logically, if we scare them, they won't come near us again, which I guess logically makes sense. sense. Um, it appears to work, but then he returns with Bowman back to the shuttlecraft, leaving uh, Gatano to kind of stand guard, keep an eye on them. Um, where we go? And then so this is when, so back up to the Enterprise, they finally figure out how to do transport down so they start sending down landing parties um but then it cuts back to the planet and this is when katano just gets back because like a freaking rock is just chucked at him which is like this giant <laughs> well, they never rock. figure out how to transport that oh i'm sorry you're right no, no they do 
Yeah, they, the they do I some I thought testing. you were talking about down to where they were. I'm like, they would have just beamed them out if they were able to do that. But you're right. No, they, they, they can transport, but they don't have sensor capability. So they, they don't know where yeah, the shuttle's it's at. It's like shot in the dark. Yeah, they're literally rendering or putting people down in search parties, like search and rescue right. to try and find them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then those search parties are saying, hey, by the way, we're discovering these giant creatures, so, you know, I'll be safe, everyone. Um, so then Crewman Katano gets attacked by a giant rock. Uh, he tries <laughs> to climb up the, the cliff, but then he's he's killed. So two, we have two deaths, both gold shirts. Uh-huh. So no red shirts, because the only red shirt here, I think, is Scotty in the Yeoman. Scotty yeah. in the Yeoman, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And they're not going to kill Scotty. Um. All right, so they go back out. They find his body. They bring him back. They want to say a thing again. And Spock's like, "Like, no, we're not doing that." Um, and then this is when, so he's and and I think this is where Spock is kind of like, "Well, logically, it should have worked. Like, we should have scared them off. Logically, they should be they should go away." And we're seeing that his logic doesn't doesn't always work against illogical creatures. Because yeah. if you, I mean. Logic works works against logic, but if you're working against emotions, that doesn't always like, work. Mm, not so much. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Um, all right. Well, he's starting. So I think Spock's starting to see he's got like he's not quite all he thought he was gonna be. You know, so he's kind of got some some cracks in there, mm-hmm. which I think is good for him a little bit. It's it's you know he's not all powerful. He's not all yeah, as perfect as he thinks. Yeah, yeah, he just thinks logic is going to solve everything, and he's like, oh, I guess it does. Maybe not. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they start attacking um, the the shuttlecraft. They start, like, banging on it, rocking it back and forth. Spock comes up with the idea to electrify the hole, but it's going to use some of the battery and some of the power that they've been saving up. But they're like, well, we have to fucking do it because he's going to crush the, the quick, shuttle with a giant rock. Right before this, isn't this when Spock gets pinned under a rock and he's like, go, go, go. And they're, you know, leave me behind. And they're like, no, we're not going to leave you behind. And they run and grab him and yank him out. Oh, and, and then they go into the shuttle. shuttle. And, and so it kind of shows yeah. that, too. Like, not only he, he relies on logic so much that he's like, no, you shouldn't even save me. Go save yourselves. Leave me to die. And they're like, nope, not happening. Yeah. And that doesn't seem to sway him either. Like they get him out and he's like, all right, fine. And he gets in the ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So logically he should have died. If if they mm-hmm. had followed logic, he'd have been like, yeah, peace out. We're going to leave you. Cause it makes sense to save us. Not, not you. Not you. So it is probably, yeah. So it's a good idea to not always follow logic. <laughs> but yeah, so they electrify the hole and he's like, okay, well now we'll be able to achieve orbit, but we're not going to be able to hold it really at all. They're just going to like go up. And come down, right? And he's like, he's yeah, like all right, well, if there. we don't take, yeah, if we don't take off at all, we're screwed. So, yeah, they electrify the hole. It's gonna be like yeah. a SpaceX flight. They're gonna go up, do a burn, <laughs> go high, <laughs> and come back down. Okay, no big deal. So then, I think at this point on the Enterprise, Commissioner Ferris is like, "Nope, time's up. Let's peace out. You know, I've given you enough time. Let's go." Um, uh-huh. so like, so that's where we're kind of getting this. Like, but then Kirk says, "Okay." change course for for make us three let's let's go uh, finish our mission but they point all the sensors backwards to see if they can see it right well so he's trying to buy time so he's like okay well i have to collect my other shuttles and my my crew so he has to wait for the columbus shuttlecraft to come back and um uhura says oh it'll take you've got 20 more minutes so he's like okay well we've got you know 20 more minutes to try and find them um so then that's what we get. Yeah. Then they're, they're trying to leave and he's like, well, let's, you know, put all our sensors aft 
and pick up anything if you see anything. And we'll go space normal speed. Yeah, so he's he's kind of lagging. He's trying to buy some time. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely. So they've they've talked about impulse power and they've talked about warp power. What is space normal speed? Do they ever bring that up again? I mean, they use uh, thrusters like to get out of like space dock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's one of those inconsistencies we have in TOS versus next gen or any of the other treks going forward. It's just one of those things. They use a variety of terms until like all gets kind of standardized where you have impulse it's like, power. It's like, our, it's like a double red alert. It's yeah. just one of those. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's like when they want to go to warp in a star system, it's like, well, you can't do that. So, but it's, it's one of those things like you have to go to impulse till you clear the star system. Then you can go to warp because if not, you may run into something you don't want to, but right. yeah, it's one of those things. It's just, it's like, okay, TOS, we just kind of wink, wink, nod, nod our way through it, and yeah, whatever. Yeah, because they, they just have to kind of figure their stuff out. Yeah, if it had been any other series, they would have gone to impulse power, and then maybe, yeah, to get out of the system, and then gone from there. Mm-hmm. So, right. normal speed, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the Enterprise is starting to kind of leave. Um, back on the planet, they're in their shuttlecraft, they're like, okay, this is, we have, we're, we're being attacked again, we got to take off. Um, and there's some back and forth about how, well, we have to use the boosters to get out, but if we use the boosters, so the original plan was get up into orbit, try and make contact. And if we have to land again, we can land, but now it's saying, well, if we use the boosters now we can get up into orbit, but it's going to be a really bad landing. Like we're going to crash land back here. You're dead. Yeah. If you come back. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And either we die in the crash or we die from these, these monsters. So like it's, it, it keeps ticking down about what they can do because they're using up either fuel or a power of some kind. Yeah. Um, but they decide to use the the boosters and they they get up. So they they get up into a low orbit. Then um, Scotty says they can maintain it for uh, forty five minutes. And at this point, we get the cool like zoom in on the, the little like switch. I love that it's like a little switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super easy. Um, yeah, they'll click the little fuel <laughs> ejection switch, and Spock kind of he just reaches out and he he dumps their fuel, which ignites behind them, creating like a cool uh, like a chemtrail like a uh-huh. behind them, but it looks yeah. like a giant smoke signal. Um, so then Scotty says, "Well, now that you did that, we only have six minutes, and then we're gonna dive back in and pro- probably burn up on reentry." Uh-huh. Um, but it's like sending up a flare. Essentially, he's trying to you know look as as much as he can. Um, and of course it all pays off, you know, Sulu catches it. He's like, Oh, I just saw something. And they, you know, the sensors show this big stream. Um, and just and they double the... check if it's a meteorite or something. And he's like, Nope, it's holding lateral motion and everything. Then that's one of the things right. I do appreciate about Star Trek is they'll try and throw that in at least despite the inconsistencies of like, Oh, they check to see if it's something else before they turn around and stuff like that. So you go look. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and this and this similar thing will be done in future episodes, except they'll light like their plasma stream or something to act as a flare yeah. or a signal. No, absolutely. So, yeah, it's it's definitely used again. Yeah, and, and it's and it's legit. It's like okay, yeah, they they did this thing. It had uh-huh. this visible reaction. It's like okay, I can buy that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so just as the ship is going back into, it's going to about to burn up, but they successfully beam everybody back. Yay. Everyone uh, saved. Yay. Or the, da, 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 the five. We da, da, saved five. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Five, no. five out of six. Meh. Pretty good odds. It's not bad. All right. Seven. So the kill, 
that does mean um, yes our, our kill tracker for crew goes up from 42 to 44 because we had two deaths yep. correct two and deaths. that means that means that we have 44 crew 43 not crew two red shirts for a total of 89 deaths so far getting there just killing everybody off we're we're, we're barreling towards triple digits no <laughs> sweet so yeah, so then uh, the episode kind of ends. They go back, or they they head towards their main objective, and then back to the to the to the bridge. Which I I didn't really like this, but um, the entire crew or the uh, the bridge crew, like Uhura, Kirk, everyone, kind of like looks at Spock, and they're like, "Oh, this was an act of desperation that you did, and that shows an emotion." And and he's like, and Kirk's like, "Oh, Spock, would you ever admit to that?" And he goes, "No." And everyone kind of laughs at him. And I'm like, you just fucking saved your lives and you're all like teasing him. Yeah. You're giving him crap about this. Really? People mm-hmm. yeah. like it could have been so much worse, but yep. and then it, yeah. So then it kind of ends on a high note and ends on a joke as they all do. Um, and that's the episode. Yeah. I think this, this was a good middle of the road episode for me. Five or six, maybe. Um, Phil, what'd you think? Yeah. I'm about the same. It was definitely on the better side. Yeah. Uh, compared to some of the other stuff we've seen so far and we'll see in the future. Um, but yeah, and I'm a Spock fan especially, so mm-hmm. I, I I don't mind seeing that kind of episode. Anything typically where Vulcans get to explore or some little part of their humanity seeps out if they're mm-hmm. mixed or whatever, that little emotional side, um, episodes like that typically uh, are favorites of mine. I like seeing that different side of, of, of a character or a species that's so uh, so absent and void of emotion or anything other than logic. So yeah, uh-huh. you see a different aspect of it. I yeah, get that. not always like oh yeah, see like yeah. <laughs> not as repressed well, as you thought. Yeah, and it shows like some growth because you don't want them just to be one way the entire time. It shows some growth, absolutely. And that's part of being a Starfleet officer too. It's that thinking outside the box, being able to look at other options and uh, pick from the best one. Yeah. Good. So even though uh, it may not have been logical, he was okay going with it. So yeah, I get you. I, uh, Dave, what do you think about this? I too enjoyed the episode. Everyone hates Spock. It was good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is my alternate title alternate. for this episode. Poor Spock. I know. Um, but yeah, middle middle of the road episode five to six on the Dave meter. I'm not gonna pick a specific one in there because it did have its better moments. I liked that it it kind of address that larger issue of like is logic always the best way to go and a lot of things have covered that um i robot coming to mind too with robots making decisions based on logical programming and stuff like that um not to mention too the 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 maneuver that you were talking about like lighting it behind him reminds me too of the jj abrams star trek movie where he drops the warp core and like blasts it to get him out of there so it seems like that's always kind of one of their go-to moves is like eject it and light it on fire and and it'll get them out of whatever they're in it seems to work a lot more than it blows them up um yeah. but uh i definitely did I, I enjoyed the episode despite its its logical fallacies regarding who they send <laughs> on the cruise and stuff um but yeah i, I definitely enjoyed it it was good good all right well that's a yeah. fair episode um yeah so this is actually supposed to be the premiere uh, or the or the first episode where which you sh- which you see the shuttlecraft that was made um but obviously we see it a bit earlier because the it's shown in the menagerie when kirk is chasing the enterprise so it's seen then even though this was the galileo 7 was filmed first um so mm. a bit out of order 
One yeah. last thing I like, I'd like to point out when he's talking about, I don't remember because Spock is on the planet and he's dealing with logic and like two of the people have passed away or not passed away, but been murdered. Um, and he's like, oh, you know, I've, I've followed every logical step and two men have died and he doesn't seem to understand it. And I was like, well, yeah, but if you really believed in logic, you'd be like, well, those deaths were unpreventable. If I hadn't followed logic, more people could be dead. And he doesn't seem to like latch onto that. He thinks like, if you follow logic, everything will be okay. And it's like, no, mm. what about a no win scenario? You'd think like logically there would be no win scenarios. That's kind of the whole point of like, Hey, we need to leave somebody behind is we don't have an alternative. Yeah. So uh, an interesting thought that came to mind. Well, while I, was he, the, I think it's with um, Spock and Scotty in the episode. They do say, Oh, there's, there's always all alternatives. Yeah, like there's, there's always true. something you can do, which is kind of what Kirk dealing with the Kobayashi Maru and the no win scenario. There's always a way to win. There's no such thing as a no win. Like yeah. maybe you you half lose, but you can like there's the, well, yeah. so there's, there's always or you, re, or you reprogram the simulation. <laughs> yeah, isn't that, or, isn't, or that what he, isn't that what he throws back at Spock right before he decides to dump the fuel and light it? He's like, there's always alternatives, and then he like thinks it over and he's like, yeah. and does it. And, yeah, yeah so, there is. It was a very interesting dichotomy, a very nice, unlike the last episode, Shore Leave, this did have that overarching argument of kind of like logic versus emotion and when do you use what? So what's what's yeah. superior? Yeah, the only There's... the only other uh, show note I have for this is uh, Leonard Nimoy in an interview was talking about this episode and he said he had a really hard time with it as he had to be the main character and kind of the, the plot driver. Mm. And uh, he said just, Personally, he had a hard time filming this episode and getting through it because he hadn't really needed that position before. And without William Shatner there, uh, he had a he had a really hard time that, with that with yeah. that absence. Yeah, that voyage. Which is interesting because that parallels like Spock's first time as command and him being kind of uncomfortable with it. So yeah, seems like that kind of ties in. Yeah, was pre- I thought that was pretty interesting. Interesting, cool. So, well, I appreciate that's all that. I got. Yeah. All right, cool. Well. Um, I think that's it for the Galileo seven, uh, uh-huh. middle of the road episode. I think we all kind of agree on that. Um, uh-huh. cool. That's all I got to say about it. Why don't you toss up our social um, that, that sounded, I was trying to be hip for some reason. I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, the only other, the only other show note I have here that I think is kind of interesting is that apparently while the Galileo is completely destroyed in this episode, cause they get beamed off of it and it just gets blown up. It shows up in two episodes later on also. Looks it's like supposed Metamorphosis to be the Galileo. The to well, it's supposed to be the Galileo two, but I think there was a production error. They just they didn't repaint it or something. But I think in the remaster they actually do put the two on it. They CGI'd in the two or something. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just they just they just repainted it to be used later, even though it does get get destroyed. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, Gotta cool. save the all budget. Right. Hey. Yeah, when well, you got to. Um. All right. Well, that's it for me. Uh, Dave, one of you. Do your spiel. Light it up. All right. All right. Uh, send us an email at nerdtrekpodcast at gmail.com. Please send us an email. You can shout at us about something we got wrong, because I'm sure there's plenty, uh, or praise us for something that we got right, which would be a nice pat on the back every so often. Uh, you can also go to our website at nerdtrekpodcast.com. Uh, that has all of the links to our social medias. If you want to meet other nerds and have a talk and a discussion, we'd love to chime in on those. Um, it also has all the places that you can hear our podcast. Uh, we're on Apple, we're on Stitcher. Uh, we host out of Podomatic. Uh, we do have a Kofi. Uh, if you want to give us money, please give us money. Please give us money. <laughs> Subtle. 
So. Um, which would go towards, I promise, no coffee. Uh, we all don't spend money on coffee. We would use it for things like uh, space in the cloud and storage space and production values and mics and things like that stuff that would make it sound better for you guys. So if you think we sound like shit, give us money. <laughs> um, Jeez. <and laughs> that's how that works. Um, yeah, that, that's all I got. All right. Well, I, I don't know if I can follow that or not. Um, thank you for listening to the Nerd Trek podcast. Coming up next is... What is coming up next? Squire's oh, Squire's I, so this is kind of a fun one, but I, I, I do enjoy this one. So that's coming up next. Don't forget that our holiday one is coming out soon around the holidays. It's going to be a big <laughs> secret. It's, it's going to be fun. So stick around for those, and we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.